Good morning. And peace be with you. Um, we have some announcements. I will direct your attention to the pink sheet in your bulletin, and especially this white sheet for tonight. Um, just out of curiosity, a show of hands of people that uh, think they might be able to come tonight. Oh, I love it. And it's still light. It's still light. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So, yeah. Thank you, Ed, for that. You know, um, just as a side note, let Ed go before you, you know, uh, <laughs> Ed's just driving. You know. <laughs> He's a lead foot there. Okay. Um, and we do have our adult education where we are, are um, getting into the word uh, in Romans. And um, you are invited to come after our service here, after we have some refreshments. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good time uh, studying scripture and um, getting to know your neighbors that are sitting to your right and your left in here. So just out of curiosity, can I see a show of hands of those that are going to come to Sunday school today? There you go. We got plenty of room. Okay. Um, and today is, is Mission Sunday, but your pastor, well, somebody covered him and put the mission jar out there. Thank you for that, uh, you wonderful saint, whoever you are. And um, we're going to be talking about small acts of kindness today. Um, and that's a, that's a, that matters, you know, covering for your pastor. And, and, and we're also going to hear in Numbers how uh, Moses uh, had his burden put on uh, several people as well, 72 as it turned out. And uh, so thank you for that. Uh, lunch with Pastor Ken on this Wednesday, October 3rd. It says bring your own lunch, but here's something I discovered a uh, pot roast uh, recipe that comes out so it's like shredded, and I'm going to make pot roast. So um, I'll have the pot roast ready, and I don't know if any of you have had these things. I I'm always the last to find them, but you wouldn't think it when it involves food, but they have these things called pretzel buns. Have you ever had any of those? I mean, oh my goodness, are they good? So I'm going to bring pot roast and pretzel buns and you know, come on and let's uh, visit, have a devotion, and, 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 uh, and eat together. Yep, after Women's Wednesday Bible study, and thank you for that, because, right, Miss Jackie? And, and you are studying um, Proverbs right now. Love it. And then the flea market is coming on October 6th. And you can read about that. Um, enchiladas and homemade salsa. Who's gotten those so far? Who's gotten more than one round of them so far? Okay, so there you go. They're, they're delightful. So um, they're out there. You can sign up and, um, and uh, enjoy cheese and or uh, chicken. And church council meeting is coming up on October 3rd. Um, it's 9.30 on a Saturday morning, and we're going to be talking about some things. We should have some bids on replacing the roof right above here that is leaking. And you can maybe have seen it. There's a bit of a mold spot up back here. And so um, we're going to uh, have a bid from a gentleman who will do that. We'll also uh, have a bid for solar energy, and that will help... Um, 
reduce, if not eliminate, our costs uh, for uh, our electricity bill, which can be um, pretty high. It is a big expense for this church. So we are going to see the bids, and then we will um, talk to, uh, present it to you, the congregation, to see if it makes sense to you. And there will be an opportunity also to um, invest in the kingdom um, through uh, gifts that are, of course, uh, tax deductible to make this thing happen. So please prayerfully consider that. And I think that's it. Did I miss anything? No? Okay. All right. Well, very good. We are opening him. Let us stand and sing as unto the Lord as we enjoy immortal, invisible God, only wise on page 526. Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins 
and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you and for his sake. He forgives you all of your sins. As your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above, and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
Let's pray. Everlasting Father, source of every blessing, mercifully direct and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that we may complete the works that you have prepared us to do. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 through 6, 10 through 16, and 24 through 29. And this can be found in your Pew Bibles on page 224. A reading from the book of Numbers. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tents. The Lord became exceedingly angry, and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, What have you brought this trouble? Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes, and do not let me face my own ruin. The Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who have known who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him and he took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. However, two men, whose names were Eldad and Medad, 
had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Mehad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Now we will read Psalm 104 responsively, and we will read verses 27 through 35, which is printed in the bulletin. Psalm 104, 27 through 35. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But my sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. The third reading is from James chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1,884. James 5, 1 through 20. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, 
patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save them from death, and cover over a multitude of sins. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark chapter 9, verses 38 through 50, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1569. Glory to you, O Lord. St. Mark chapter 9. Teacher, said John, 
We saw someone driving out demons in your name. And we told him to stop because he's not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. For no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water, a cup of water in my name, because, excuse me, a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. If anyone causes one of these little ones those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have eyes and be thrown into hell where the worms that eat them do not die, and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. The title of this sermon is similar to the title of uh, last week's sermon, which is Humble Up. <laughs> Humble Up. God chose you. You don't get to choose him or the others who would call on him. In Numbers 11, we hear that the people are complaining. Now, there's something new, right? I mean, nobody complains around here or anywhere, you know, and it's just go figure, complaining people. In fact, they were listing the groceries that they had free in Egypt. Catch that? Cucumbers. Boy, that's almost enough to make me want to go under a rule of a pharaoh, you know? Go back. Cucumbers? All of these things, they're listing. Their stomachs are causing them to stumble. We didn't hear about how to get rid of that. But they are whining. In the Bible, it calls it grumbling, murmuring. I murmur now. That came uh, after three sons. But 
Murmuring is not good. And God was supplying their needs, wasn't he? As far as their stomach, he was. He was, he was supplying manna. Have you ever had your children say, pot roast again? <laughs> or anything else? How'd that make you feel? Mom, dad, whoever cooked it? I mean, it's almost one of those things where you, the child says, oh, look, Mom's last nerve, I need to touch it. Right? We hear and hear um, it was taken out because it would have been a, an awfully long reading. And not that that's a bad thing, but just for time. There's a description in um, Numbers chapter 11, verse 7. The manna was like coriander seed and looked like resin. The people went around gathering it and then ground it in a hand mill or crushed it in a mortar. They cooked it in a pot or made it into cakes, and it tasted like something made with olive oil. Sounds pretty good. It's free. Shows up every morning. But no, they want meat. Then you hear, very boldly, Moses calling upon God. What did you do to me? I didn't give birth to these people. I mean, well, come on, where are you in all of this? They're grumbling. And, 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 and all I got to give them is manna. And, and God's upset. In fact, he, um, he sends down some fire and, 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 and people are consumed and the people are scared now. Uh-oh, dad's mad. And so at the heart of it, Moses is explaining something that ministry and ministers and, and people um, uh, in that position are crying out, I need help. I need help. I can't do this by myself. First problem is you're not doing it by yourself. He's with you the whole time. But he goes on to tell God that he needs help. And so he calls out, Moses calls out, 70. And God put some of his burden on the 70. But then there's two more that are back at the camp. And the Spirit falls on them as well. And, 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 and there's a parallel between what they reported to Moses and what we hear Jesus getting reported. These guys were prophesying in your name and I, we told them to stop. Humble up. You may not see it or know why, but God's at work. Jesus says, my father's always at work. Humble up. Have peace. Let God do his will. Get out of his way. Boy, do I say that to myself often. And perhaps you should too. Let me get out of your way, daddy. Let me get out of your way. Let me not be a barrier. Let me not be a stumbling block. So God promises Moses. He says, I'm going to feed the people. They're going to get their meat. And Moses really pushes it this time. He goes, what am I going to slaughter all of my cattle and catch all of the fish of the sea? You know, I got a problem here, Dad. You know, I don't know if you notice all these people around here, but how are we going to feed them meat? 
And God says, is my arm too short? Is there anything I can't do? Well, we know what happens next. He says, you will now see whether or not what I say will come true for you. Cue the quail. And we know that story, but he provided it. He provided so much quail that I'm not going to go into the the description right now, but there was a lot of quail, and everyone got their fill, and then some. And then some. Humble up, Moses. Humble up. You 70 that think you're something special because you got called to the presence of the Lord. And then you went and saw two more where it fell beyond the group. Humble up. God's plan is not just for you. It's for all. The whole world, right? Humble up. I'm going to go straight into the gospel of Mark where Jesus is saying that whoever is not against us is for us. Teacher John said, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. He should have just stopped there in in Jesus' name. But the problem here was that this had been a signature part of the disciples' ministry. What was? Casting out demons in Jesus' name. That's what our job is. This guy can't do that. He's not in the group. Humble up. This wasn't an argument that the man didn't know Jesus. That's not what they were telling Jesus. It was an argument that he was not in. He was not chosen. Get out of Jesus' ways. And he could have told them that in a dress-you-down manner. Why would they do this? Well, it could be said that It was an attempt to do something right. They wanted to do something right. You know, just last week, they were arguing on the road. Who is the greatest? Right? So now they're going, hey, Jesus, look what we did. We told this guy to stop calling on your powerful, holy name, casting out demons. You know, where's my participation trophy? Where's my little medal? Didn't I do good? And gently, but firmly. He says, do not stop him. For one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment not say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly, I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. A mighty work. In my name. It's the name that gives the power to that work. And that person called on Jesus, a name that saves, that that heals, that delivers. And he's saying this divine work should not be stopped. Get out of my way. Humble up. Casting out demons' name firmly puts this man on their side. In a cup of water, Jesus points out that a simple act of kindness in his name, 
in his name. A cup of water is pleasing to God. It makes me think a little bit about Jesus sitting in front of uh, the temple and when they're putting money and people are coming in and some are blowing horns and saying, look at how gracious I am and giving money. And then the little widow comes and gives everything she has. And, and he marvels at that. We would see small, insignificant. A glass of water. What's, what's like half a penny? She gave it all. She, she knew who Jesus was, and she honored him. Jesus points out that a simple act of kindness is as important as a great act of divine intervention to throw out a demon. Now, my father's always at work, right? That's what Jesus said. I said that earlier. The disciples are going to go out two by two. They're not going to have much with them, right? He did not say, go get your Kelty backpack, your Insulite foam, your Sub-Zero uh, sleeping bag, your space stove, and dried food so that you can eat well on the way. And um, he didn't say that, right? So these guys are going to learn firsthand what a simple act of kindness from a stranger is all about. They're going to need a cup of water from people that aren't in the group. Humble up. God is always at work through you and through people you might not think can do it. God does. Those simple acts of kindness as the disciples go out would have an impact on their ministry, on their lives, and yes, even on the world. And your simple acts of kindness, your simple acts of, of charity, of love, impact the world and are pleasing to God. Causing to stumble. Jesus goes and he grabs a little person. And he says, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them, the ones that cause them to stumble, if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. I've not seen other than pictures of the millstones that they're talking about. Some are big and some are small. The ones that he would be referring to are ones that could be only pushed around with a donkey. You know, one mule power, I guess, is that how that works. It's big. How long can you tread water? I can float for a long time now, so I mean, but a millstone probably would make. But the, the fact is, you're going down. And most would not prefer a, a, a deep uh, submission or submersion like that over not causing one to fall. It's important to God. The word that Jesus used was, um, or that is uh, used in, this, in the writing is um, the Greek word micros, and it means small, and he used the smallest child here, and, and using micros here stressed that the value God places on the smallest, even the smallest is able to believe. 
despite the youth and the size. In that culture, women and children were not valued as we do or should value them today. They were, not, they were not valued. Jesus turned that whole idea of that culture of, of women, their, how uh, wonderful and powerful and um, their ministry is, you know, God loves and shines on women as much as he does on men and children. He points out they are not missed by God either. The smallest thing, a small cup of water. That child is not insignificant, so do not hurt them. The seriousness of uh, that is, again, uh, it's dangerous to reject the word of God. It's dangerous not to listen and heed his word. Humble up. The seriousness of that sin for those who would cause a child to be lost is grave. And again, I I say God seeks those who have been led astray, right? Didn't Jesus say, I came here for the sinners? I came for the lost. The shepherd that leaves the 99 and goes after the one. I mean, can you see that? Would you go, whoa, you got 99. I mean, what's one? That's not how our God works it. All of them are valuable. All of them are noted. All of them are precious to him. And this is a hard part of the reading too. If your hand causes you to stumble, off, stumble, cut it off. Wow. Really? It's better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go to hell. And we know then you cut off the foot and then you cut off or pluck out the eye. All of these things, that if they cause you to sin, the point is, It's better to get rid of those, those things that are dragging you away, that are causing you to stumble, your own body, than to forfeit the offer of forgiveness, the offer of everlasting life. It is those that reject Jesus, reject the one who sent him. It's dangerous to do that. And if a person does that, he spells out what the consequence is. That is, in verse 48 here, it actually is uh, referencing Isaiah 66, verse 24. And it reads, And they shall go out and look on the dead bodies of the men who have rebelled against them. For their worm shall not die, their fire shall not be quenched, and they shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. This is proof. This is telling you and me that hell is not the kind of place that some people cavalierly cavalierly say, I'll just go to hell because all my friends will be there. I've heard that, you know, and, and I might even chuckle that at one sort of time. But I know this now. It ain't going to be a party. And Jesus says that. He's talking about the uh, Golgotha area where it was a dump and all kinds of nasty stuff was thrown out there. 
just like we do in our dumping areas, and they would set it on fire. They didn't have EPA back then. And it was always burning, foul, hot, stinky, awful, continual. Jesus promises God, through the prophet Isaiah, says the fire doesn't go out. And worse than that, there's a worm that does not stop irritating you, hurting you. A parasite eating you from the inside out. This is not going to be a party. He says so plainly. Rejecting the word of God is dangerous. Accepting faith through the Holy Spirit is recommended. Amen? So finally, Jesus talks to them and, and says this little uh, mini parable about salt. It says, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. Salt is a chemical compound that does not lose its saltiness. We have, you know, our, our salt, and I don't care what you do to it, it's still salty. Now, I can tell you stories about my experience with salt, and very recently I, I put almost uh, a third of a pound of salt in some soup I was making. How did I do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, it made marinade. Um, what happened was I was making this bisque, and it was really, I was so excited and pretty proud of myself, and so... I unscrew the cap of a seasoning salt that I don't normally get, right? Well, the kind that I get has the little holes in the top of the disc. This kind just opens the whole thing. So I go, and I won't tell you what a pastor says when he does that, but I'm starting off at zero on Monday for, it didn't lose its saltiness. I don't think there's enough water in Southern California for me to dilute it and and I don't want to eat that much bisque. But at that time, the salt was a mixture of sodium chloride salt and other minerals. Okay? And if the sodium chloride leached out, then all you had left was these inert minerals. No salt. Saltiness. And you can't make that chunk or whatever you did, however you worked it, salty again. And so they would... Uh, as, as history tells us, they would throw it out on the road, right? And it would, you know, crample it down so they have gravel and so forth. It wasn't worth anything more than wa walking on. He's saying stay salty. He says if the disciples are the salt of the earth and they lose their essential faith, how can they be salted again and by what substitute? There lies the problem. If we're not staying in the word which, which uh, equips us, how do we remain salty? You see, faith is what the salt represents. And faith comes from hearing. And faith comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. So you're salty, and you're not going to lose all of your salt. But He's not exhorting us to just be, you know, a little salty. He's saying, be really salty with each other. Because your faith gives you and me peace. 
I have faith that was given to me. You have faith that was given to you. That is that you are covered in your baptism with Jesus' righteousness. That gives you liberty to go out, to talk to those that are not in the group. That gives you liberty to be kind to those when they're not kind to you. That gives you the ability to be at peace with each other. He's telling the disciples, you guys are lacking. You need to be at peace. You need to not let that salt get leached out. Only faith in Christ brings peace. And these contentious disciples needed peace. It's what you and I need. Jesus, only Jesus brings us peace. So where does that leave us now? Well, back to the sacraments again. You received your faith through the holy sacrament of, the bapt- of, of baptism. Today, you received the gospel A little bit of law in there, but a lot of gospel. Jesus did this for you. Jesus made you salty. He gave it to you. Jesus is saying, allow me to do my work in you. Jesus is saying, allow me to do my work in others. If they're not in the group, invite them in. Jesus comes to you here at the altar with his body and his blood shed for you, saltiness, replenishing your salt, assuring you of your salvation, giving you that boldness to go out beyond your comfort zone, allowing you to have that boldness to speak in love, in peace with those that are outside of the group. In Jesus' name, amen.
will you please stand? Let us all now together confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed, found on page 3. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand Let us pray for the whole church of God in Jesus Christ and for all people according to their needs. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, help your children to rejoice in the work of the Spirit wherever he pours out his gifts, giving all the glory to you and to your boundless love. Lord, in your mercy. King of glory, continue to raise up those who assist your ministers in bearing the burden of caring for your people with their prayers, their service, and their support. Enable all ministers of the word to proclaim your law and promises with faithfulness and zeal. Put an end to all grumbling against one another and help us remember that the judge is standing at the door. Lord, in your mercy. Remember in mercy all you, remember in mercy all who have strayed from the life of your church and your truth and use us to bring them back to you. Give us a godly fear of the grave danger of causing your little ones by our words and deeds to stumble and fall from you. Lord, in your mercy, to your kindness we commend all who have been entrusted with public service in our land. Keep them ever mindful that they will give an account to you. Protect them from every impulse to serve self and to live in luxury or self-indulgence. Fill them with your wisdom and make them a blessing to our people. Lord, in your mercy. Father of all compassion, you call us to be patient, waiting, in our lives until the coming of our Lord. 
when we know you will restore us fully. Please bless those who pass through trying and difficult times with steadfast faith in your mercy and compassion and a cheerful hope for their future. Bless all ministry to the sick or suffering in your name, Lord. In your mercy. Merciful Master, your Son urges us to enter life, to enter the kingdom. As we gather around his altar today, we pray you will renew in us a hearty desire for life with you. That receiving in faith our Savior's body and blood as the guarantee and pledge of eternal life, we may leave this place as witnesses to the joy of sin's forgiveness and death's defeat. Lord, in your mercy, God of life, receive our thanks on this day for all your servants who finished their course in faith and now rest from their labors. Bring us to share with them your unending life on the day of the Savior's appearing. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O oh Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. At this moment, um, I would like to call Patty. Would you come up? Come on, all the way up here. Okay. I'm still bossy. <laughs> My sister Patty here, our beloved. Um, has God been blessing her? And um, there's been some trials and some dry periods and some questions, some doors that were open and closed. But boy, did he cast some doors open now. And... Um, I am excited, overjoyed, and happy, and um, I'm going to let you tell just brief, you know, what, what we're doing, and then I'm going to call people up to, to lay hands on her. Not like... Just pray for me. Yeah, pray. And, uh, and, 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 and take it away. Um, September is, was a tornado of joy and new beginnings for me. I been looking for a job for like the last two, three months, but was blessed with intermittent prayer uh, jobs. And I clicked on send to, I just Googled Lutheran Church Parish Administrators. Click. And I applied for a job in Columbus, Ohio. And the next day he emailed me back and said, you live in California, are you going to relocate? I said, yes, I'm looking to relocate. Here's the, you know, my references. And Emails me back that night, can we Skype next week? And I asked pastor to please pray for me for a job outside my comfort zone. And could I use somewhere in the church here to do a Skype interview? Did a Skype interview, and then I just returned Friday from a week in Columbus, Ohio, uh, where I accepted their wonderful offer. And now I need to move my stuff, which is, he goes, well, you know, Hattie, if you come out here and you like it and you want to, you know, everything's going well, how long, how can you, how fast you can get back? I said, well... 
two or three weeks? And he goes, I thought you said everything was in storage. I'm like, the one thing he remembered from our Skype interview <laughs> was I moved into storage. But and anyway, so that's what I'm doing today. I'm going out to family to talk to them about how I can get my stuff back. And um, two people are praying about driving out with me. It's a 34-hour drive, so I may be leaving as early as next week. So thank you for your continued prayer. Reformation is the root of the reason I'm going to Ohio and taking you all with me in my heart and prayers and looking forward. This, the church, it looks just like this, their, their hall. And their traditional service is like old church in the country. And I drive 10 minutes and I'm in the country. And he was really worried I'd miss the beach. But I told him on Sunday, I said, I 10 minutes and I was at the apple farm. I'm okay with this. <laughs> but I'm not looking forward to snow and ice. And so, because um, I have a lead bottom and I'm afraid of slipping. So <laughs> prayers for that I can stay upright. So again, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Pastor. Beautiful. Well, okay, so what we'd like to do, yeah. Amen. You have been faithful and faithful to God and faithful to us. And um, it is, uh, nobody would dispute that um, we are here in part as, you know, your faithfulness and your, your work, you know, through all times, happy and sad. So thank you for that. And if you'd like to come up and put a hand on her, <laughs> we'll come down here so we don't, yep. And, and let us pray and um, for his going before, which he has already done. We know Daddy's already and always working. And even though you're not going to be in our group, you're going to be in another group that's probably just as delightful. So, amen. <laughs> Heavenly Father, you are wonderful. And you love us. And through our prayers, even though we feel dry and we wonder if you're listening, you promise us that not only do you hear, but you incline your ear to your children. And you've done this with our sister Patty. Father, I pray that you would go and prepare the way for her. I pray that you would give her safety and all those that help her safety uh, as they travel across this nation of 34 hours. I pray that you would just take care of all the minutiae that seems huge, right now, but that you can take care of, that you will take care of the moving of the stuff, the storage, the unstorage, the everything, that she would rebuild, renew with you handing her each brick. I pray for patience for her. I pray for this um, sister uh, church that will become our family as well that you would continue to bless them and use them powerfully to go out and proclaim Christ and him crucified. We're going to miss our sister, Daddy, but we pray and we leave her in your capable hands. And in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're all invited to come visit. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let's share the peace.
Please stand. Pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord. In the night in which our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ, his death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. The table is prepared for all who believe. The table is 
prepared for you to proclaim blessed assurance Jesus is mine. We're going to sing that, and boy, am I glad that you chose that. That's beautiful. Blessed assurance Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste, right? A foretaste. Come, the table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
Will you please stand? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing is blessed assurance.